You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Next year is the year where God has positioned us to attract His favor. The things that you have gone through this year, the challenges, the difficulties, the tough times. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's been tough. Tell them, say, it's been, there's been some challenges. All of these things God has been using to position you so that you can be ready for next year. The thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. You cannot understand it with your mind. It's been planted in your heart. Many times people come to church to be seen and to see. If you come to church to see or to be seen, the things that you see I mean, your situation, your circumstances, the things that you are going through can change your direction. You would just want to focus upon that and not realize the miracle that you seek, the breakthrough that you seek, the healing that you seek, there's something beyond that. Beyond your miracle is Jesus Christ, a lasting relationship with Him. In our hearts, we are made to be like God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are made to be like God. Tell them again, say, you are made to be like God. The Bible says we are created in His image and in His likeness. Family, listen to me. When Jesus Christ is on the inside of you, Serving is not something that you do. Or serving is not just something that you do. It's who you've become because the greatest servant lives on the inside of you. Holiness is not something we do being holier than thou. Holiness is who you've become because the Holy One of Israel is on the inside of you. Worship is not just something we do. It's who you've become because you are born again. You're a worshiper that can worship Him in spirit and in truth. Whereas before you were just singing songs. Humility is not something you do. It's who you've become because of your total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. In our hearts, we are made to be like Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, In your heart, you are made to be like Jesus. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Listen what the Bible says. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. Turn to the person next to you and say, put on the new man. 
according to the image of Him. Family, next year is the year where God has positioned us to attract His favor. Today exactly is one month Then we're crossing over into the new year. Have you allowed yourself to be positioned to attract God's favor? Many people will be quick to tell you what they require of God. But very few people take the time to find out what God requires of you. Everybody wants God to bless them, to give them a better future. Happiness of seeing God is promised to those with a pure heart. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The New Living Translation said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. What does this mean? It means God requires of us to have a pure heart. Your heart is the altar, is the place where God communicates, where God connects with us. Just think for one minute, what are the things troubling your heart? What are the things contaminating your heart? The success that you desire, the, the success that you want, it comes from the inside, not from the outside. The things that you believe in your heart are the things that affect your behavior. When you have a grudge in your heart, anger in your heart, revenge in your heart, it affects your behavior. 1 Corinthians 6:17 says, "He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him." He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Just think what God has done. He's linked you up with himself. In 1 John 3, the Bible teaches us that when you are born again, turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. The Bible says when you are born again, when you are born from God, 1 John 3 verse 9, it says when you are born of God, you cannot sin. Just raise your hand if you've messed up this week and you have sinned. Let me just see. Who's made a mistake this week? Who got angry this week? Who got offended this week? So what is he talking about? When he says, he that is born of God cannot sin. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Family, you are a three-part being. You're a spirit. You live in a body, and you have a soul. Let me have three people up here quickly. Niku. Come quickly. Who else? David. Mosedi. Elwin, come. Okay, come here. You be body. Look at the people. You be body. 
be, be a big body. You be soul, be friendly, happy, and joyful. You be spirit, you're going to be Jesus, okay? <laughs> this spirit part is linked up with God. Hold hands there. This, when you get born again, this spirit part gets justified. It's this spirit part that's linked up with God. This Jesus cannot sin. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus cannot sin. He has never sinned. He is holy. He's righteous. He's the Son of God. So it's this part that's linked up with God. That's why you need spiritual discernment. That's why you have to hear what's going on in the spirit. This is man's divine nature. Now you have your flesh. Your flesh. This flesh listens to either the soul or it listens to the spirit. The biggest battle is not here in your flesh. The biggest battle is in your soul, your will, your intellect, your emotions. It's your soul that says here, nobody loves me. It's your soul that says, I wonder if Jesus is going to help me. It's your soul when you get up in the morning, you think, wow, I've got strong faith, I can believe. It's your soul that tells you, oh, I didn't get up at the right time, didn't do the right things, things are not going to work out today. And the battle is here, your will, your intellect, your emotions. Who of you know you're a little bit emotional? Who of you know your emotions sometimes get you into trouble? Raise your hand nice and high. Am I talking to the right people here when I read the scripture and I say, when you are born again, you cannot sin, but you see yourself still sinning? Can you see how much we need God to help us? So now there's a battle here. This wants to tell this what to do. But the spirit here is saying, no, no, no. I love you. I love you. But here you are feeling. The problem that we have today is we are Christians. We are Christians. We declare that we are Christians. But the life that we are living we're living from the soul. How I feel, what I think, what I see, what I hear. And you live a Christian from here, and that's why you can never live in victory. You feel somebody makes you angry, I just feel I have to go give them a piece of my mind. Go to them and be angry with them and fight with them. Ba, ba, ba. Now you fight with people. Then after you go home and you pray, you pray, then your conscience says, it was wrong. Just forgive them. Go and make right. Then this says, no, but you don't know what they did. You don't know how, it's not the first time. The first time I forgave them, but this is now the tenth time. Does these things only happen to pastors, or do you write these tests so well? You know, I've got all the sheep here also that sometimes come to me. Amen. So he says, this part that is linked up with God, this cannot sin. 
When you are born again, His holiness, Jesus' holiness becomes, let's say this is Bernard. So let's say this is me. My body, my soul, and my spirit. When I accept the Lord Jesus Christ, He justifies my spirit. Now He says you have to start to renew your mind. You have to sanctify your mind. He says negative thoughts will come, but then I take the Word of God comes from Jesus, and I replace those negative thoughts with the Word of God. When the enemy says you're going to go under, your soul will say, yes, look at the real challenges. The economy is down. The rand is weakening. There's no jobs. It will be this part that will tell me it's not going to work out. But the Word will minister and say, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Now, Isaiah says, whose report will you believe? Are you going to believe the report that comes from God? Or are you going to believe the report that comes from your situation and your circumstances, what the world says? So when I start renewing my mind, sanctifying my mind with the Word of God, the Bible says in the book of James chapter 1, verse 19, when I allow this Word of God with meekness to come into my heart, it's able to save my soul. My way of thinking now changes. And when God says, I can do it, it is possible, or the world says it's impossible, I hear the Word of God saying, it's possible. And as Bernard, body, soul, and spirit, I start to yield more to the Spirit to hear what God is saying, to get God's opinion. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, guys. Body, you're my friend. Soul, you're my friend. Spirit, you are blessed. Jesus, you are blessed. Amen. So what happens now? When I make a mistake, when I make a mistake, Elwin, just come here quickly, up again. See, Jesus, when you say, Jesus, come, he comes immediately. Amen. <laughs> so just stand here. Just stand here. So now when I make a mistake, because I know Jesus died on the cross for me, I don't run away from God. I run to God. Because I know as soon as I go to him, it's here where I find mercy, where I find grace, where I find help. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Too many people today are serving God with their minds instead of with their hearts. Serve God with the part that is linked up with God. Amen? Family, listen to me. If you try and serve God with your mind, you are bound to be disappointed. You are, you are doomed for failure. Our victory is in the Spirit. Our victory is in the spirit, the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. That's where our victory lies. Amen? Even Jesus, well, let me just rephrase it. Everything that we do, if you want to live in victory, must come from that place of resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I mean, it comes from that part of you, your spirit that was dead, that has been resurrected and made one with God. 
If you try and live a life of victory from your mind, many people have wonderful personalities, strong personalities. They can reason well. They can negotiate well. They can do all those things very well. But it comes from a soulish realm. When we deal with the things of the Spirit, it must come from Christ. It's that part of you, your spirit part that's linked up with God that cannot sin. Amen? The key in all of this is obedience. Turn to the person next to you and say it's obedience. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Him. He's close to those who obey Him. Turn to the person next to you and say you have to obey the Word of God. Your obedience is the only proof of your faith. And faith is the only thing that pleases God. That's why Jesus got baptized. Why did Jesus get baptized before he started with his ministry? Because baptism symbolizes, if you were here last week, baptism symbolizes you being buried and the sins being removed and you being raised up with Christ. So even Jesus, when he ministered, he ministered from that place. 1 Samuel 15 verse 22. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Turn to the person next to you and say, obey God's voice. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Family, we can see here from the Word of God, rebellion is witchcraft. So people say, I don't practice witchcraft, but you're constantly in rebellion. When your parents say to the left, you go to the right. When the Word of God says, get baptized, you say, nobody will tell me to get baptized. When the Bible says, forgive, you say, I won't forgive. Be careful as a generation of the kind of seeds that you are planting right now because that will be the harvest in the future. In the 60s, there was a lot of rebellion. Am I right? Rebelling a lot against a lot of things. Open rebellion. What was the result in the generation after that? We saw a lot of witchcraft because the parents were planting those kinds of seeds, the children had to deal with those kind of things. As a parent, the decisions you make today will not just have an effect on you, but on your children's children. You missed a good place to say amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to make some good decisions. Family, let me tell you something. Many people are ready to part with their possessions make sacrifices with their money, that which is dear to them, but they're not prepared to part with their sin. It's easy to part with your belongings, part with your sin, because that's what God requires of you, a pure heart in your innermost being. As a Christian today, it's not just our goal and our aim to be used by God but that the way that we do it with all our hearts should be pleasing to God. Make God happy. Put a quality smile on God's face. Amen? 
Give me one quality smile for God. Smile. Smile. Some of you haven't smiled in a long time. If you're not happy on the inside of you, how will you make God happy? Samson was used by God, but the life that he lived was not pleasing. The goal is not just to say God is using me, but have you allowed God to transform and reform? Let there be a transformation of your heart and your life. Balaam, Balaam prophesied and his prophecy came true. Do you want to live a life as Balaam? Do you want to live as a Christian, a life as Samson? No. What God requires of us is not just to seek his works, but to learn his ways. If you have to ask Balaam today, if you have to ask Samson today, they'll tell you it's not about just seeking his works, but learning his ways. According to Galatians 5 verse 22, turn to the person next to you and say, learn his ways. Foolish people don't care if they sin. But good people, when they make a mistake, they want to make right. They want to run to God and they want to make right. Psalm 40 verse 12, I want to read this from the Passion Translation. Evil surrounds me, problems greater than I can solve has come one after another. Without you, I know I can't make it. Have you faced troubles, troubles like that? One after another. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's very real. Sometimes the pressure is there. My sins are so many. Lord, I'm just thinking I'm getting it right here, then I mess up here. I'm just friendly with this person, then I'm angry with this person. You get up in the morning and you say, today I'm going to get it right. And before you walk out of the back door, you've sinned, you've messed up. My sins are so many. I'm so ashamed to lift up my face to you, for my guilt grabs me and stings my soul until I'm weakened and spent. Please, Lord, come quickly and rescue me. Take pleasure in showing me your favor and restore me. When you mess up, run to God and say, come quickly. Proverbs 14 verse 9 says, fools mock the need for repentance. It's a foolish person that doesn't want to make right. You have to ask God to touch your heart, to change your heart, to have a heart that is quick to repent, quick to make right. What God requires of us is not the fat of rams. It's not your sacrifices. It's your obedience. Turn to the person next to you and say, be obedient. Family, for our worship to be accepted by God, purity must be kept. Purity must be kept. I want to quickly take you in the next few minutes to a place where you will see how much you need God. Amen? If you can center your life around Christ Jesus with whatever trials and tribulations you are facing, if you can center your life around Christ Jesus, you'll always be able to say with all confidence, the best is yet to come. Turn to the person next to you and say, the best is yet to come. 2 Chronicles says, the Lord shows himself strong 
on behalf of those with a loyal heart towards him. A matter of fact, it says the eyes of the Lord moves to and fro, looking for those with a loyal heart. Just ask yourself, is, is my heart loyal towards God? I think it's King Amaziah, the Bible says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. It means he had trained himself here to do what is right, but here his heart was not saying, God, I love you. You are my everything. I'm loyal towards you. Psalm 91, verse 14, I shared that early on. God shows himself strong on behalf of those with a loyal heart because he has set his love upon me. I will deliver him. The battle in our hearts. Turn to the person next to you and say, I know there's a battle. Tell them again, say, I know there's a battle in your heart. Now tell them, get ready to reset your faith. Tell them again, say, get ready to reset your faith. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of this Bible in Romans, 17, Romans 7, verse 15. Paul knew that if you want to come to God, you have to come in a heart of humility and sincerity. Even when you've messed up, even when you've made a mistake, run to God. In Romans 7, verse 15, Paul says, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing any of those. Let me see your hand if you can identify with Apostle Paul. Let me just go there quickly. Romans 7. Verse 15. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. What is he saying? He's saying, in my body, there's a sinful nature. He says, my spirit part is linked up with God. If you go to Romans 6, you see that Paul shares there and he says, I'm no longer under the law, but I'm under grace. But then in Romans 7, if you read it, you see he's trying to please God by obeying the law. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to get angry. And you try and live under the law and you see there's trouble. Because the Bible says when the law came, sin revived and I died. So stay one minute with me because this is really going to help you. The biggest mistake that Christians make, they say, I'm a son of Father Abraham. Let me see who of you are children of Father Abraham with the blessings of Abraham. We say we're in covenant. The promise of Father Abraham has become ours. But then you quote Moses. What do I mean? You say I'm in covenant with God, but then you place yourself under the law. When the law came, sin revived, and I died. 
Paul is writing here in Romans 6, he says, I'm under grace, I'm not under the law. Who of you make mistakes every day? Whose hearts condemn you every time that you make a mistake? Why is that? Because you're under the law. Then he says, I'm trying to do the right thing, not to covet, but now I find myself coveting. Then in Romans 8 verse 1, he says, Therefore there are no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, stop living a life under the law and find yourself, position yourself under grace. Quickly go to Galatians 3. Turn to the person next to you say, no more condemnation. Let me just find Galatians here quickly. Galatians 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it's no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What is he saying here? He's saying God came and made a covenant with Abraham. And he said, in blessing, I'm going to bless you. And multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to be your shield. I'm going to be your protection. I'm going to be your exceedingly great reward. The promise that I'm making with you, Abraham, is not with your children's children. It's with my seed, the capital S, Jesus Christ. There's all the blessings. There's the grace. Says that's the covenant. When you are in Christ, there's no more condemnation because your sins have been removed. What hinders you from praying? What contaminates your heart? Is all the things that you do wrong. That's what the book of 1 John 3 says. When you want to pray, your heart condemns you, but God is greater than your heart. What God has done on the cross is greater. He says, so what you do is you say you want to serve God according to the Spirit. The promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. You say you want to live according to the Spirit, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit. But when you start serving God, you serve Him from your mind. I'm a good Christian. I'm an usher. I've stopped lying. I'm not swearing anymore. And you find yourself under the law. Galatians 5 verse 4 says that if you want to be justified by the law, you have estranged yourself from Christ and you have fallen from grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, live your Christian life from your regenerated spirit. Not from your contaminated mind. Am I helping some of you here? What's the first thing that happens when you have to pray? You think, no, I cannot pray because this and this happened. I've done this and this wrong. But grace says that God has removed it. Amen? Just put on the over it, Romans 8 verse 3, the Amplified. 
Let me see your hand if you find yourself constantly living under condemnation. Just be honest. I've done this wrong. I said this wrong. I should have done this. I didn't do that. I wanted to read more Bible. I wanted to pray more. I wanted to fast more. Am I talking to the right people here? Turn to the person next to you and say, there's no more condemnation when you are in Christ Jesus. Under the law, there's condemnation, but under grace, under Christ, there's no condemnation. I'm reading from the Amplified. For God has done what the law could not do, doing everything right, not lying, not stealing, not coveting. It says that which the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. We are all weak when it comes to spiritual things. But full provision has been made for you in Jesus Christ. Without the Holy Spirit sending His own Son in the guise of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh. You no longer have to be condemned by any of your sins, things of the past, because Christ condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued it. He overcame, deprived it, of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Have you accepted the sacrifice on the cross? What does the Bible say? When you want perfection concerning your faith in what God has told you to do, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So if you want perfection, don't look at yourself. Look at Jesus Christ, the perfect one on the inside of you. And that's how you'll get victory. Now you start yielding to the Holy Spirit. Of all graces, God honors faith the most. And of all graces, faith is honored most by God. Your sin your sin has been dealt with on the cross by Jesus Christ. It's all about your heart. God looks at your heart, the humility and sincerity of your heart. Have you allowed the Word of God to transform you? Have you allowed the Word of God to become an integral part of your life? When that happens, this Word will sanctify your heart. When you read it, it has sanctification power. Now when you know God has touched your tongue with a coal from His altar, you can worship Him in spirit and in truth. Your heart has been sanctified. This is what God requires of us, a pure heart. And Jesus Christ died on the cross to disconnect you from any and everything that wants to condemn your heart. You just have to come to Him and accept what He has done on the cross. Our sacrifices that we offer must come from a pure heart. Family, listen to me. You can only give to God what comes from God. That's why God asked Abraham for his only son. That's why Abraham was prepared to give him because he knew he could only offer to God what comes from God. 
But he knew even if he killed his son, that God was able to raise him from the dead. He believed in resurrection power. If he had grudges in his heart, offenses in his heart, he was not able to do that. Make a decision. God wants you to serve him with all your heart, with your whole being, to surrender yourself completely to him. It's not a matter of combining your strength with God's strength, your powers that you have in the world with God, but surrendering to him completely. A person that is spiritually minded, that knows there's victory in Christ Jesus, even when there's a storm, his mind is not troubled because he keeps his peace. Because Jesus said, the peace that I give you is not the peace of this world. I'm giving you peace from heaven. When you are linked up with me, that heavenly peace will flow into your life. And even when you face challenges, you can be calm knowing that whatever you're going through is not like those in the world. Even Jesus, I'm closing with this, I'm Jesus, prayed and he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass me by, let it pass me by, but not my will, your will be done. He was saying, I'm prepared to become obedient to your will. Even if it's going to cause a bit of pain, that will pass, and I know your name will be glorified in it and through it. That's what God requires of us. One life that we have to live for Christ, and that life is so dear. Make a decision that in everything that you do, you're going to put God first. Can I have one amen? In the beginning, it seems very difficult until you know that God has got your best wishes, your best destiny, your best future is what occupies his heart. David said, Lord, who am I that you are so mindful of me, that you think so beautiful things about me? I'm closing with this. John 15 says, when God is your source, you cannot fail. A matter of fact, when he was talking to his disciples, they said, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken. God has already spoken a word over you to cleanse you, to remove all condemnation. When you are now linked up with God, I mean, when God is your source, you cannot fail. Even when people make you angry and offense comes, as Christ has forgiven you, you can now forgive. His ability now has become your ability. When people want to curse you, his ability will help you. Now you can bless them. When people despitefully use you, his ability will help you now to pray for them. Can you see how much you need God? The help of God, the help of the Holy Spirit. So we are quick to say what we require of God. But what is it that God requires of you? It's a pure heart. That pure heart will automatically allow the blessings of God to manifest in your life. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.